Hey, it's Jimmy and Chandler. And I'm Stephen Wall. So if you enjoy my antics on Kind of Movie Critics, then boy, do I have some great news. Chandler and I have a podcast called Act 3. We give the latest in film news, and we talk about movies, TV, pop culture. We break our topics down into three acts every week. Just like a movie. That's right, Chandler. It's somewhat informative and occasionally funny. <laughs> That's pretty high praise. Um, I was talking about myself. Oh, of course. You can find us on act3podcast.com and wherever fine podcasts are available. Enjoy the show. Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. It's Martin the Mailman. It's your man Chandler. And I'm Young Lazy. Yes, yes. The quarantine sessions of the Kind of Movie Critics, and we are back. Chandler joining us this time. I know y'all missed him last episode. What's up, Chandler? Hey, it's great to be here, guys. I, I, I was really excited to work a whole long day at my real job, go home and take a shower, and come right back to work to uh, do a podcast with you guys. It's, it's a dream come true. Oh, no, that's tragic, bro. I'm sorry. It's great. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> on Mother's Day, on top of that, this is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Leezy. Thank you, thank you. The, the, the only mother of the kind of movie critics. She's Khaleesi of the kind of movie critics. Y'all are funny. Uh, y'all, like, oh, just to give a shout out to, you can't see me, but, I mean, y'all can, but, like, regular people can't. I have adult one. Um, black. I have an adult black mother T-shirt that I got from our sister podcast, and then we had sex. I got from Kristen Seville's. Go check yeah. them out. See hey. if she got some more merch. Support her because you know comedy clubs are not open right now. So facts. Is she doing cookies right now? I don't know, but I'm like I want to break this COVID shit and go get my hair braided. That's what I know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> She's adult yeah, braider too. If anyone cares. <laughs> yeah, she is. Shout out to Kristen Seville's man. Yeah, I need some cornrows. <laughs> she yo, definitely yo, let, t- let you in the house. You've been out around, yeah. around and around. Mar- Martin looked like um, what uh, what's old boy name from um, from uh, the the Cosby Show, Elvin. Martin looked like Elvin. Right <laughs> Jeffrey <now>. Owens. <laughs> Jeffrey Martin Owens. sitting in a house in his own house with gloves on still. Like I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> He's drinking Martin, his Propel water with, with his gloves. P- are those your outside crib. gloves or your inside gloves? Um, these are inside. These are like a special stash. Why are you wearing them in the house? I don't know. It just makes you feel better. It's like yeah, a blanket. It makes me I fuck feel with safe. It. Do you sleep in them, Jones? Nah, I don't sleep in them. So when do you take? At what point at at night do you take them off? Like before you go to sleep, or like? Yeah, probably before I go to sleep. Before you go to sleep, you take them off. And then That's I like, pretty- yeah, when I wake up, put them back on, wipe off the door handles, all that stuff. Okay, so you live in like a serial killer in that job. All right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gonna come in there looking for prints. They were like, this motherfucker has deprinted the entire house. Latex everywhere. <laughs> Latex everywhere. <laughs> Yo, Crib, you live you live in like Jeffrey Dahmer right now, bro. It's not it's not cute. Well, not the weird thing is like because I wear ma- I wear mask and gloves most of the day, so like it feels weird when I'm touching things without gloves now. Somewhat, <laughs> whoa! Yeah. Like I, oh. I, it doesn't it doesn't feel weird, but I notice when my bare skin is like touching something. I just right. want y'all to know that he ain't cracked a smile yet. He's serious as a bitch right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> serious as shit. Yeah, I feel I, I feel for you, Martin. Man, I I, I pray for you that uh, psychologically you return back to normal. After this curve has been flattened, bro, but I, I feel like I feel like we yeah. are upon a new Martin. Uh, 
with, with gloves Maybe, everywhere he goes. Like Rogue from X-Men. Oh, <laughs> dope reference. That was good, right? Yeah. I pulled that yeah. one out the ass. I'm not even like a Marvel guy. I just imagine you with a wig with like a white streak in the front of it. I'm sorry. This is disrespectful, but that's what went through my mind just now. You and your gloves. Yeah. And also, like, your rubber gloves turn into church lady gloves also. Um, oh, but, no uh, facts. <laughs> in my mind, church, though. Church in my lady mind. Usher gloves. Yeah. You just, I need an envelope and put my finger up. <laughs> that was very funny, actually. Um, uh, what else is new, guys, man, since last time we recorded, man? What? What's what's everybody been doing? Anything special worth talking about? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I'd be Thanks. drinking by myself. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That, has it gotten old yet? Like drinking by yourself? Uh I don't do it every day, but like sometimes, you know, you get bored and I'd be like, Oh, I got alcohol in here. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna yeah. stop buying alcohol because I mean I'm a cool with being drunk in here. Um but <laughs> I don't want to gain no more weight. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Dude, that no, is real life. I yeah, just switched to dr- drinking diet tonic water with gin. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I'm the like, seltzers? Uh, yeah, but like, you know, tonic water got that, that bitter taste that I like. Oh. So I, I'm sticking with diet tonic water. I think I probably cut a lot of calories out. I didn't even know tonic water came in diet assortment. I, I didn't either. Like- in quarantine, man, have you guys been consuming more like content? Oh what hell yeah, have? yeah. What are you averaging like a show a week? I, I don't do shows. I've been doing movies, man. Been doing movies. I've been yeah. mostly doing movies, but like if I do a show, I a week my ass, I'd get through two of them. I mean, if it's just like one season, I've been blowing through them. Damn. Mm-hmm. But like they don't like when you blow through it that fast, you don't like lose track of what was what are you good at compartmentalizing what happened on what show i mean i'm re-watching what we do in the shadows and i'm watching um right now that i haven't finished i'm watching upload and it's not hard to not get them confused right oh well yeah that seems like two different um, Mm -hmm. you know I will say this, like my 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 viewing these days is a is a lot more Noah Baumbach and a lot less black than it normally is. <laughs> wow. What why is that you think? I don't know. It's just kinda what like I'm in the mood for right now. I have like things that I watch with special people. Shout out to my girl Lolo. Like on nights when I'm not drinking by myself, she'll come over and uh not during the quarantine, but like in our normal life. Mm-hmm. Our thing is like we get bored and watch bad Nollywood movies together. Y'all should check out Baby Mamas. Baby Mamas. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Don't check it out ever. Don't watch any of the Nollywood movies. They are all terrible. Really? But like that, I mean, we watch them to laugh at how bad they are. Gotcha. And I kind of like see the same actors over and over again now that I started watching them. <laughs> and so, you know, Netflix picks up on that you like certain stuff. And for a while, it was just kind of like trying to show me movies in Spanish. And I was like, this is cute. But like, no. And now it's like, oh, you like Nollywood movies. I got some bullshit for you today. <laughs> they cracked they crack the code on you. Mm-hmm. They, hit, they hit that. They hit that. Uh, that hidden algorithm on you, dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my wife was blowing through. She was going through uh, Netflix the other day, and I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, I never even heard of certain shit she was pulling up. She was like, yeah, it's like it's just all British. Like she has a, all lot, British. Like a whole new le- level of British shows, bro. It's crazy, like. I want to like tell I got I got to talk to your wife so I can know what I can unlock because like that's what I would actually love right now is some British yeah. shit. Yeah, I just Could started you? watching Hard Sun on Hulu. 
That's Hard like a Sun. British show. Yeah. It's uh it's by the guy who did um Luther, I think. No, oh, I'm oh, I'm sold okay. already. Yeah. What is it yeah. like a, is it a comedy though? Uh, nah, it's it's like a drama kind of neo noir like cop detective show. Oh, are you watching it? <laughs> are you watching it with the Martin method, where you just fast forward through scenes you, that you predict to be boring? I actually don't watch it like that. <laughs> I actually, like it is, it is kind of. I don't think it's a great show, but it's like good enough that I'm I'm gonna sit and watch the. I don't really disrespect BBC shows like that. Like, <laughs> shows, just just regular American black level. people shit, right? Mm. Yeah. That's funny. I know they put they put like a they got hour and a half episodes. Like I gotta respect that. Like oh yeah, no, that's a lot of time for the BBC that, shows. I'm glad. But you yeah, gave it's it about name Chandler. Yeah, Martin it's about Martin. like two uh, detectives, and they found out that like there's gonna be an extinction level event like happening in the world in like five years. So they're like solving cases, doing this whole like existentialist like existential crisis where everyone knows they're gonna die basically. Oh, I'm with the shits. I want to watch this. Yeah, yeah that's that's. You said it's called Hard Sun. Yeah, it's on Hulu. What? What? Um, how'd you run up on that? Um, I was just bored looking for stuff to watch on Hulu, and I yeah. looked at the Hulu originals, and it, and I, I read the description. I just started watching it. Out out of curiosities, because you know what, that that that's a that's a thing for me. Like, how do you? It's vi- it's not often that I venture off a path of something that I've never heard before, but like in the event that you do, if you're just perusing through any of these streaming services and you're not looking for anything specific, what determines whether or not you stop and read a description for something? Like what catches you? The thumbnail. Yeah, thumbnail? definitely. Who's involved? Same. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same, I'll, I, same. I don't know, man. I don't really watch a lot of like new stuff, you know, I pretty much only watch movies that I've uh, heard recommended on some other podcast or I've seen uh, write-ups for. Like, I, I really have a hard time just browsing to find something to watch because I get caught up in the loop and I'll never actually watch anything, you know? Gotcha. What were you saying, Lizzie? No, I was saying the same as Martin. Like, I look to see who's in it. If it's a director that I recognize or actors that I like, then most of the time I'll give it a chance. Or sometimes, right. like, the... Sometimes, like the uh, the summary will get me. I'll be like, "Oh, that sounds really interesting." But you got mm. ten minutes. I think it also. Minutes. Yeah, I think it also depends on like the streaming service. Like, I know with Netflix, it's probably like seven out of ten is going. Seven out of ten is probably going to be some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know HBO, <laughs> FX is probably like they got a better pedigree. Maybe yeah, who might be up there. Netflix too. is batting average with original content. Is <laughs> yeah. Low. yeah, like they've got the worst yeah. library for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they also kind of have the best library in that if you could find it though, like, but it's under so much shit that it's like they should have like, you, uh, you know, one of the subcategories just called like, hey, this is where the actual good stuff is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I found now that it will like it stopped showing me like strong black leads. I had to go look for that stuff, and then like other stuff that it was showing me when I'd pull it up, it'd say, oh, this has a 50% chance that you like me. I'm like, the fuck are you showing it to me for? Yeah, why would you show me that? I'd be thumbsing up and thumbsing down the shit out of stuff. You should know. Like, don't even show me this fuckery. What are you showing me for? Oh, you be using the thumbs up, thumbs down, John? Mm-hmm. You got to teach the algorithm. You got to teach it what you like. like, Because you can watch something, but it has no way of knowing if you actually enjoyed it unless you tell it. 
Yeah, but it sounds like it's, it's sending you should you, you half the chance you're gonna like it. So it ain't well, some to some you. of the stuff is sending me is just because it's what they're pushing right now. Like if they put something out new, they're like they keep trying to make me watch that teen shit that they just put out. I don't with I Outer don't Banks. No, it tried to make me watch that, and it tried. There's a, another one. It's about girls. <clears throat> they try to watch me make me watch a um. A YA story that's another version of Cyrano de Bergerac. They just put one out last year. Was that Sarah Burgess or whatever last year? This one is about an Asian girl who like is in love with the girl that she's helping the heartthrob boy get. And I'm like, okay, like no, I don't, I don't like this stuff. Like, stop sending it to me. But that's what I get for watching P.S. I Love You or whatever. Did (laughs) any of y'all watch uh, Extraction? That Chris Hemsworth joint that they were pushing real hard. No, no. I, I heard I, I heard it was the action and it was really good. Um, I gave yeah, it I mean, ten the, minutes. The action is the action is really good, man. Um, but I I didn't care for the movie much at all. Okay. Uh, but my co-host on Act Three, Stephen Wall, he liked it quite a bit. So I I don't know. I've seen positive things mostly. Hey, shout out to Stephen. What what what? Uh, so you said you didn't like it very much. What was it about? Well, well, first and foremost, was it better than Triple Frontier for you? I know you hated Triple Frontier. Yeah, I hated Triple Frontier. Honestly, I put it on like the same tier. Um, But it's kind of like the style is very modern, right? Like the visual style, but the plot of the movie and the whole whole concept is very much like like an 80s action movie. Like something you would have seen Steven Seagal or Arnold Schwarzenegger in. Oh, that's my shit. Yeah, That's like so, right up my alley. Right. So, I mean, you might like it. Um, and, and it's like that, but, you know, with, with really, really good action. It's directed by this dude, Sam Hargrave, uh, who has been uh, the stunt coordinator for all the, like, hand-to-hand stuff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for, like, a while now. And this is his uh, directorial debut. And it was produced by the Russo brothers, who have done, you know, numerous Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. movies. Okay. So, so this is Sam Hargrave. This is not the same stunt guy who did uh that documentary out uh out of shadow out of shadows is it i've never heard of it but it might be oh well uh, anybody who's seen out of out of the shadows it's like a youtube documentary it's like heavy conspiracy theory bro it's like it talks about pizza gate and all this other shit so that's probably not that then yeah but (laughs) but the guy who put it together he was like a stuntman in hollywood for like 20 years or something and that's kind of his inspiration I don't know. It's a, he tells the story at the beginning of the documentary. I have listened, but so, it was a poor attempt at a joke on my behalf. It only makes sense if you've seen the documentary. I'm sure that uh, there's one or two or probably one listener out there who saw it. They're like, man, Trees, he did it again. Yeah, they're <laughs> chuckling. They're, they're, they're listening to the podcast going like this. <laughs> yeah, you'd be chuckling and shit. Um, but uh, you said well, that, that was extraction, though, right? Yeah, I was just okay. – just because uh, – Lizzie had mentioned how they, you know, they push things, and now right. they now they've got that Netflix top ten, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like these are the ten most popular. Which I'm like, I don't even know if that's true. I feel like they just put stuff in there. That I they feel like they're definitely lying. Yeah, really. Well, it's it's one of those things probably where it's like if you say it's popular, then people are going to watch it, thinking everybody else is watching because of FOMO. That's exactly, exactly, and then it becomes actually popular because I know uh, it wasn't Tiger King up there and everybody was talking about Tiger King for like two well, weeks. Tiger King was like, yeah, a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But like under normal circumstances, that, that jump probably would have never popped up on my radar personally. I, I um, saw like Molly's Game was like number seven on the top ten like last week. And I'm like, Molly's Game? That's like a two-year-old movie. 
Yeah, yeah but I didn't too. I didn't watch it until quarantine started. So and uh, and then people were asking me, did you see Molly's game? I was like, yes, watch that shit. Mm. I, I want to see it. But that's just crazy to me that that popped up there. You know? Yeah. You know, what's crazy, man. Um, I, I, I took heed when you put it up on the group chat, Lizzie, that uh, um, uh, Contagion was on HBO Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just watched that, and- too. Yeah, me me and my wife sat back and we watched that joint. You know, I'd seen it. I saw it when it first came out. I want to say maybe like 2013. It came out, what, 2011? But I saw it like 2013, probably somewhere around there. I saw and, it whenever um, it premiered on HBO. Yeah, and and, and you know, I, I, I love Steven Soderbergh. So I was like, oh, no, this is a good movie. Now it is freakishly... And Martin called it. Martin said this like a yeah. month ago. He was like, yo, like 95% of the shit that happens in that movie, like we're getting... It's happening, and it is freakishly crazy how on point it is, man. It's yeah, almost the to the point where it's horror, huh? Uh, even the terminology, like the verbiage that they use, is exactly the stuff that you hear every day on the news. Yeah, they were yeah. like, it's a, they were like, it's a novel virus. I was like, we have a novel virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two the two things that I picked up that I hadn't really heard. Uh, you know, in this particular pandemic, but it helped me understand a little bit more. I mean, you've heard the theories of them, but the word uh, fomites, when she was talking about the things that you touch and are considered yeah. fomites, and uh, the R-naught. The R-naught, yeah. It was really interesting. Um, this has an R-naught of two, so I wonder what the R-naught for COVID is. I'm sure we can Google. It's I'm yeah. sure it's first, also inaccurate because we haven't had enough people test it. But. Right. The first time I heard of the R-naught was uh, that that movie, Jason and the R-naughts. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. Jason and that was like, face. if you think about how old that movie is, that was like scary prescient, man. Yeah. They really knew what was up. You stupid as shit. You're such man. a ridiculous human. Uh, so glad to be back on the show. Yeah, we missed all you. The jokes. You got the quarantine dad jokes. I got a whole so. list pulled up on laptop number two over here. So you guys are getting them all night. That's funny. <laughs> What uh what so what uh, what's out there that's been catching y'all's eye man that y'all been watching that maybe we can put some of our listeners on to man anything special I know I have an unpopular in- opinion I liked Black AF like yo why is that an unpopular opinion what did you say Martin I only got through like one episode really okay what are you saying Lisa? I don't know why I think like um. And I've been hearing people say they don't like Blackish. They feel like it's not a show for Black people, and they didn't like the repetitive nature of some of the things that were in Black AF. And then you know, some people don't like light skinned people, and so they were mad at Rashida Jones. I don't know. It was it's weird to me. They yeah. were like, they, Kenya Barris isn't a good actor, and I'm like, he was he was good enough for what, what did you want him to be like? Right. And they were like, oh, his comedic timing was off. I was like, not to me. I laughed, <laughs> so yeah. I. I'm not sure. I guess like the point was that I guess like the point was that they were bad parents. Like it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be like a redeeming quality show. It was supposed to be real. Um right. much more real and they're way less likable than than Dre and Rainbow. So I don't I'm not exactly sure what people were expecting. Um I guess too if you like the brand of humor that it's kind of modeled after like a modern family or a curb Right. Then, then yeah, you might enjoy this. And I love Curb. I don't watch Modern Family that often, so I don't know what's going on in that show ever to say whether or not it's funny. But, like, yeah, I like Curb, and I, I like the humor that's on Blackish, and it didn't bother me 
it didn't bother me that, you know, there are less responsible, more irreverent version of that. I love that they were cursing at their children. Like that. I right. thought shit was funny. Sorry. No, I, I, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I think some of the subject matter or some of the approach of this of, of like some of the approach of it is contrived. I'll say that. And I'll say that like, um, in terms of Kenya bears for me, watching the show with subtitles helped me profusely, you know, like if I even use that word correctly there, um, it, it helped me there because he was, he's not really, um, he's not seasoned to the point where he really gives space between what he's saying. A lot of times, like he would just word vomit and it would sort of feel like a ramble and there would be something in what he was saying, but it was hard to catch because of the way he was delivering it. It was I like, he was almost like, now, so yeah, he was kind of underselling his performance a little bit. Um, whereas I think if somebody who was a seasoned actor would understand some of the gravity of, of some of the jokes that they were saying. And that but they, I don't think he kinda, was supposed to, I don't think he was supposed to come across like a seasoned actor though. I get what you're saying. Like yeah. to hit certain, to hit certain points when you're talking, but I think that a, a regular human being would word vomit, like just say whatever. And I get that it's written. I'm not mad at it to me. Like it brings about like a certain level of like subtlety and like if you get it you get it and you don't you don't i will yeah. say the thing that i appreciated most out of all of it was that fucking tyler perry scene that was every fucking thing yeah <laughs> i yeah, love that. That, that yeah it was tyler man was that's like, that fuck y'all <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, I appreciate that that show says a lot of shit that like there, there's conversations behind the scenes about that they really just attacked it head on and mm-hmm. you know, like, fearlessly and i that's what i really appreciate about i think the writing is really good um, um, but I, I think it is contrived in a lot of ways, but to me, it was, it's not bad. Like I understand what he's doing. So it's, it didn't bother me as much, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. if I wasn't a fan of, if I didn't understand who he was and I just walked into this, not really understanding his position of who he was, I could see, I could see me not liking the show just cause it's really hokey in his, in his presentation, like the documentary that the daughter's doing, like that I don't, whole, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like the camera as a character, but yeah. because because but you know what though, it bothers me because I feel like I see it too often. You well, I think what I don't like about it here is that to me, I'm watching it and I can tell it was a it was done to for production. Like it's not, it didn't come from a, a genuine place to make it like this. You understand what I'm saying? It didn't come from, not like Chronicle. Like we were talking about Chronicle earlier. Um, where you know you got this found this found footage film, I don't think it was genuine in why it did that. I think the reason why we is presented like that is to save money in production. You mm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like because if you take that away, if you, you have take to have so away, much more dialogue and development. Yeah, like the action in front of the camera has to be more robust to get your points across. There you go, and you have to actually concentrate on what your shots are, and it can't just be documentary and. You know these these quick zoom in situations and seeing the camera, but like you'd have to pay more attention, and it probably costs more money to make a show like that. So, to to me, that's that's why the presentation is hokey because it's like y'all made a decision to save money in production. Okay, I got it. You know, not because this was like honestly what you wanted to do. Hmm. So that, you that, know, that, if I if I had to say anything, yeah, that's that thing. You know, but so if I had to say anything bad about it, it's those points, but. The, what the show is to me is brilliant. Like I really like it. But, On another yeah. note, now you have me thinking that like the Goldbergs does that in reverse, which is really cool. 
don't know if you've yes. ever watched the Goldbergs, how like yes. it's just a show, but then they go back and show you like how in real life he recorded Where those the things. Where footage came from. Yeah, yeah. man. And, and to me, that's dope. Like that's a whole, like you said, it's a whole, it's the inverse of that ratio, man. And mm-hmm. I really like that. What you been into, Martin, man? What you been, I know you said hard son, but I know that wasn't your pick. Um, Yeah, just, um, I guess, obviously, Westworld just finished, and I binged all of Dave, but we're probably going to do an episode on Dave. So, I mean, I'll just get into it a little bit. I've been kind of re-watching his music videos, too, and just realizing, seeing, like, the progression into this show. And like, I'm sorry, man. Little Dicky's a genius, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He a genius, bro. I just had to say that and get that off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> This is like one of the one of the best first seasons I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yo, that season know. premiere, dog. The, the I mean, not premiere the uh, see the finale. Finale, yeah. That was a lot. Was it was a lot, but yo, I'm gonna say this, man. I've been saying this in the group chat. I'm saying this here on the public forum right now. FX to me is the HBO is the is to me is the number one content provider, right? Like in streaming content. FX is a very, very, very close second to me. And the only reason why it's second is because FX is sort of limited to some degree because of the broadcast element. If 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 they keep pushing FXX the way that they are, like where it's like this unhinged content, yo, man, in like two to three years, I think FX is going to have a better catalog than HBO, man, because they are like they 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 have an answer for damn near every HBO show. And it's a it's a really good answer. You know what I'm saying? Like Westworld, you got devs, uh, you know, uh, Curb, you got Atlanta, but then you also have Louie. You know what I'm saying? Like they have an answer for for pretty much every show if you throw it out there, man. And it's really, really dope, man. You know, like every FX show is on Hulu right now. Almost every show. Because I tried to find Louie up there and he's still canceled, yeah. so you can't find that. Yeah, well, you know yeah. Louie, man. Which, Louis, I mean, look, I, I don't Louis approve. was on Netflix at one point. Yeah, it's they took it down when the whole thing happened. Yeah, Is Lucky Louie still on HBO? You can still find that on HBO Go, I believe. Mm. Lucky mm. Louie was funny. I was very slept on Lucky Louie. I don't Louis like hilarious. multicam sitcoms, man. I can't do it. You don't Bruh. like multicam sitcoms? Nah. What? I mean, I like pay- the ones from, like, my youth. Like, I can watch... Uh, Saved by the Bell or like Friends or Seinfeld, I can watch those because like they're contemporary to the period. But like, I really have a hard time with a, a multicam sitcom now. Even if it's an old one that I've just never seen before, it's really hard for me to get Bro, into. Bro, that shit came out in like 2004. It's it's yeah. very old. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's new to me, and I, so I can't oh, get okay. into it. Right, I get what you're saying. It's horrible. That shit was I know, funny I know to me. It's unfair. That hilarious. Yeah. Um. Okay, so so yeah. you said Dave for you, Martin, um, and Westworld, man. I know we we probably not oh gonna do a Westworld God. episode. So no, I, would, I don't want to do Westworld episode. Let's are, we, are we spoiling that joint? Because I I haven't finished yes. the season because it's horrible. But I did read some. I was like, I just want to find out what happens at the end because I'll probably never finish it. Man, I'm a, you I'm you could never I, finish it. I mean, I mean, dude, I I was so I was so upset with the season like it really felt like such a chore and a waste of my time to watch and i tried i kept it up as long as i could and then i just was like you know i got better things to do with my time yeah you know it's you know it's crazy man pretty much uh, most people have your take i mean even my wife my wife that's like that's like her show 
Westworld, and she was like, "Yo, I don't know if I'm gonna come back for season four, man." And I'm like, "Damn, <laughs> if you lost my wife, man, it must you must have gotten bad." But me personally, after genre, I started liking that show, man. After the genre episode, and everybody was, you know, I remember y'all on the group chat like that genre episode was so stupid. This, that, yeah, I watched hated it. it. I was like, "Yo, low key, this might be the." At that time, I was like, "This is the best episode of the season." I, man, that was a total cop out though, because like, okay, you set it up early on, like, oh, it's gonna switch genres, and then I don't know if it was just that I found the direction from Lisa Joy to be a little bit amateurish. I, I like, I couldn't direct an episode of Westworld, so you know, right. take it with a grain of salt. But I didn't even feel like the switches in genre were noticeable enough to really be a, a strong story element, right? It felt like, you know what I mean? Like, what, you put a different color filter on it for 10 minutes? <laughs> it wasn't like it was shot like another genre. You know what I'm saying? If mm-hmm. you're like, if you're going to Babe Ruth, like, call your shot over the fence, okay, I got an expectation, Lisa Joy. You got to, you know, you got to knock right. it out of the park. Right. And it's a good did. baseball metaphor. I don't watch sports. I played baseball <laughs> as a kid, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know the purpose of that part. You know, like, to me, everything else that happened out outside of him switching these genres, um, you know, like that meeting that he had with, like, the president or the dictator of, what was it? Uh, somewhere in uh, South America. Yeah, somewhere in South America. I was about to say Brazil. You know, like those, like, those bits to me were the important parts of that episode, man. Like, everything that was happening around that. Um and then some of the stuff that was happening within genres, like that's when I really started understanding what a little bit more what was happening and what what Serac's motivation was, you know. Um, Yo, Serac is just straight up one of the worst TV characters I've ever seen on a show. Yeah, man, I like Vincent Cassell, man. But this yeah, is- no, I, mean, no, I like him too. I like good yeah. performance, bad character. I wanted, he's just nothing. I wanted him to be better because, like, first couple episodes, I kind of liked his character, but by the end, I was like. He wasn't even really necessary at yeah. all. Yeah. I really feel like we can do away with the man in black also. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm kind of mad he's, like, coming back. Yo, he was such a cool character in season one. I feel like season yeah. one was, like, such a great self-contained season. It and was. it just. Yeah, that's a great arc, too, in season yes. one. Right. How like he's, like, that... he's laughing at the end of the, um, at the end, like, he's like, oh, I'm finally about to have some fun. Like mm-hmm. that was a that was a great way to take the character. Yep. Right. And it just went down. And it just you know, for me the thing with this season that really made me tune out was like all this mystery about who uh who are the in these host bodies that's a mystery, right? And then we find out it's just a bunch of Doloreses. That was such like, a letdown. Everybody's yeah. a Dolores. That was I mean, it's just it felt on a elemental level like a bad decision. Well, and also we know that there are other people who are not Dolores available, so because she collected right. those pearls. So, like, where the fuck are they? It seemed to me yeah. like you know they they set the they set the thing up with taking the five pearls out of the park, um, and then when you make them all Dolores, I felt like that showed that they didn't really have a plan when they set it up. Yeah, interesting. And somebody cause... was like, "What if?" <laughs> I mean, I guess the argument is like she could only trust herself. 
But I mean, she clearly that didn't even work. She, she clearly <laughs> couldn't. I mean, so. <laughs> she couldn't well, trust right. herself. See, to me, that's the that's the reason. Like, I, I I sort of agree with you, Chandler. I feel like that made a came that may have came from a decision of desperation or trying to write themselves out of a corner. But I also see the importance of it being Dolores when I'm looking at the overall arc of like what's happening with the show now, which is like in like when you talk about revolution, right? Like, um the like man both sides of the revolution kind of start from a a same place you know what i'm saying like like um or a good intention starts from this pure place and then how it splits you understand what i'm saying so it's like i I feel like it's driving that home and and if it wasn't divorced huh go ahead if it wasn't if if it wasn't dolores then I, i feel like that point would get lost whereas like um you know, obviously with this season, for me, for this season, Dolores started looking like a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Even though we under like in season one, it's clear that, you know, she's she's the she's a protagonist. Season two, it's starting to get a little like it's getting I mean, a little she's just murdering people left and right of season two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she was a she was a villain in yeah. season two, man. They already did that. Yeah. And, that, and, oh, and she people got a didn't like it. To kill himself. And every review of season two was like, man, Dolores isn't a an interesting or compelling character anymore and they were like okay but like what if there was like five Doloreses is that interesting well thinking about it from the perspective of what you just said about like divergence from a single starting point I think that that's also like the human condition right like we all are Mm -hmm. born innocent and then the experiences that we have shape our worldview and shapes our trust level and, and and our our motives you know just to carry on throughout life so that's definitely what's happening and just based on the divergence then you know they all ended up in different places right well and it's also crazy if you think about it um and i think a lot of people forget this but like uh chancellor palpatine actually was on both sides of the clone wars like he totally orchestrated that conflict uh from within and i think that's kind of the same thing oh well, see, me not being a Star yeah. Wars guy, I can't tell if that's a joke. <laughs> I'm or being facetious. Being oh, you're being facetious. Uh, see, I yeah. didn't see any of the other Star Wars people laughing, so I didn't know if it was like a serious thing. It must not. I was have just been letting funny. him land. I was just letting him land whatever it was he was going for. I wasn't going to ruin it. Oh, no, my- you you ruined it by not laughing. You made my face hit the gravel so hard, my teeth are back ten feet behind me. Yeah, the yeah the dismount was bad, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like my that- my main problem with the season is like. There's a there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of uh, reveals in the season where um they make parallels between humans and hosts, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the first one happens maybe the first episode and with Dolores is messing with the dude, or maybe when uh Caleb ha- is like being tortured or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then they do it like 27 more times throughout the season. I'm like, yep. I've seen this trick like yes. in the first couple episodes. Like, you don't have to keep telling me this. I already get the parallels. 100% with you on and that, just, dude. It, it felt was like, like beating a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the reveals happen so often. And yeah, by like the 15th reveal, it's it holds no power anymore. You're just At like, all. okay, well, <laughs> you're like, okay, what is this? Yeah. You're like, okay, well, what does this twist even mean? You know, what are oh, the consequences and, of this? And the big, like, who is, who is Jesus? Like, who is Caleb? Like, when we got it, I was like, that's it. <laughs> like, I seriously felt like that. I was like, okay. Yeah. He could not possibly have been the only decent person, like, in that situation. Like, just from a yeah. sheer numbers and, perspective, I don't like believe Like, the premise... It. 
the premise for him being a decent person is that he just didn't rape her like that <laughs> that is like the bar <laughs> of being a different of be, being a decent person is like you don't commit sexual assault like right wow and you get to decide the entire fate of humanity because that because of that it's like it's kind of like whatever you like i could have been me i could save people whatever i ain't gonna rape <laughs> yeah. nobody that's a good point. I, to me, yeah, to me, the I, I hear everything y'all saying. And it's like when I hear y'all say it, it's like, yeah, no, nah, I feel stupid <laughs> shit. You, you know? shouldn't feel stupid. Stand up in your opinion, friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. I'm I'm still with it. Like, I, I, I like, I just, I like where it's going. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate where it's going um, because these are the conversations. So, he, so, you know, my fess up, man, in quarantine, I've been, I've been smoking. I'm not a smoker, man. I've been smoking, man. So it's like. <laughs> So, I so, hope the fans ain't listening. Yeah, man. <laughs> I hope stay is okay. Yeah. But um, so so it's starting. It's hitting on cylinders for me that like only open up in those places. You know what I mean? Like, so, like I'm just I'm noticing certain things about you know. And it's so I feel so stupid because I feel like y'all probably already came to these conclusions. But like thinking about even Bernard with his device, right? Like. You know, I was having this conversation with my wife that like, yo, time really feels like that for me sometimes. Like, have y'all ever been through like a period in your life and then you get out of that period and you're like, yo, I really don't I don't know how I made it through that period. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like I was a whole nother person Mm -hmm. making it through that period. And then so to see that physically being portrayed, you know, with Bernard, but through this, you know, through this thing, like I'm connecting with little things like that where, where it's like it's um morsels of reality sort of wrapped into this allegory of this whole you know however you know man versus machine thing and it really you know man seems like it's more machine than machine you know and that's kind of subverting something that i never thought about on our on 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 our head you know like we're very limited being human beings where these machines can adapt you know they're they can they can update they can adapt and they can sort of like just mull about this world within any situation and we have so many limitations so it's like in a way we seem i i I know we're antiquated but it's like human beings really are antiquated you know and it's kind of opening up that that valve for me um and 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 like i was saying on the group chat man it it, to me it touches on a lot of conspiracy theories man like and it just kind of gives them this real quality um I don't know, man. Like it just kind of it just kind of shows you how some of these things that we've worried about or talked about in the underbelly, like the underground underbelly conversations that you would just have amongst your friends. It's kind of showing me how it would happen. Um, I I definitely disagree. I think I've seen more nuanced and and better developed exploration of these ideas, like in a Reddit comment thread. Like I think that (laughs) this show is extremely shallow with how it explores those ideas. But that's just my opinion. No, no. Listen, I'm not mad at you. I think. Um. I think I'm. I'm angry at you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like to me, devs is a better show right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. Yeah, but I don't want any more devs. So like. And I, I don't think we're going to get any more. I think it seemed like it's a limited series. Um, uh, but in the event that it's not, like, the the way it's paced and presented, I like devs better than this, you know, as it sits right now. Even though it doesn't touch on all of the same themes, I think just, like, the threading of it, um, the overarching thread of it seems to be, excuse me, seems to be the same. Um, but I don't know, man. I... I yeah, I like Westworld, bro. Um, I, I mean, it's I'm so 
season one for me was like was the top you know yeah. um season three it's 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 not up where season one is but it's it's for me it's far better than what season two was so it's not it's not living up to what it introduced itself as but it hasn't completely i haven't completely fallen off the horse yet i, I think hbo's got a real problem um because game of thrones was their big event drama their high budget event drama right and the passed the torch sort of to Westworld, um, which has dropped it immediately. So, you know, they tried to launch, uh, uh, what was the, the golden compass? What is that? Oh, his dark Um, materials, his dark materials. Right. And that also didn't really garner the attention that they were looking for. And that's another high budget project that did it get renewed? Um, I don't know. I think that that's produced by BBC. Okay. They'll renew it. (laughs) It is a co-production, right? But but if it's not getting the numbers for HBO, then they're still going to be in a tough spot. So uh, I, I was actually very surprised, um, given the reaction from fans and the ratings for this season of Westworld, that they renewed it for a fourth season. Um, fourth and yeah. fifth, I believe. Yeah, that's insane to me. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. But it'll be over at that point. But it, it's, gonna it's end. still one of their highest rated shows. Like on well, yeah, HBO, but it's not even yeah. touching what previous seasons of Westworld got in the numbers. So yeah. if that's what, if that's like their highest rated show, that still means like that means you're in trouble. Uh, yeah. Yes, Yikes. yeah, definitely. Where, where did watch? Where did we say Watchmen set on that like budget range? Do you is, do you think? I mean, I I don't think Watchmen had to be Game of Thrones, but no, but I, it was probably still pretty high. Yeah, um, I mean, and Watchmen, you know, that's another thing. Like that actually did do pretty well ratings wise, and it did great critically. But like, we're probably not getting another season of Watchmen, right? So you, yeah, but so we're you okay like, with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't want another one. I one and done. Is I think Westworld has demonstrated that more than anything. So you don't think HBO has a big Joker up its sleeve? You think it's kind of? I think that they're gonna. It? Well, they're doing this other Game of Thrones spinoff, right? So that's probably their next big bet for like a big budget event show. Um, But I would not be surprised if in uh, virtual Zoom boardroom meetings right now, they're discussing uh, other prospects for the next big HBO event series. I'm hoping it's Lovecraft Country. So (laughs) that really looks whack to me. I'm sorry. It did. Yeah, that trailer. I didn't jive with that vibe at all, man. I thought it looked super. Same way. What was corny um, about it? Well, okay, so I love uh, Lovecraft. I'm very intrigued by uh, anything that that seeks out to adapt um, Lovecraft work or anything that's trying to c- capture that vibe. But doing it in this kind of cornball way where it's like a very heavy-handed metaphor to explore... Um, the unknowable terror of institutionalized racism and that it lurks around every corner and it's unknowable and and invisible. Um, I feel like that's really all there is to say about that. And so I'd I'd much rather just watch a uh, like a period show about uh, people dealing with racism and then watch a show about Lovecraft. And I mean, look, I read the description for this thing and. I was like, okay, that's sort of interesting. And I watched the trailer, and the it, the vibe really just didn't work for me. I don't know if I didn't like the way it was edited or the mm-hmm. tone they were trying to sell, but it looks whack to me. But, I, you know, maybe I'll check it out when it comes on. Oh, wow. Okay, well, there's you. several actors in it that I fucking love. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's no yeah, way yeah. that I'm not watching it. 
And I don't I don't see like a big leap between this and and um why can I not think of words? Um we just talked about it. What underground? Westworld? No. Um I don't see a big leap between this and Watchmen mm. in terms of like exploring race and I it's just coming at it from a different perspective. So right. I'm I'm all about like I'm all about that. I'm all about talking about the experience of racism from different perspectives um, as much as we can drive the point home. And if they can make it interesting in the meantime, then sure. I really liked underground. Um, So I don't, I don't think I'm going to hate this. Mm. It's underground plus Jordan Peele. Like why would I hate it? I I don't unilaterally (laughs) love Jordan Peele's stuff either though. You said what? I don't unilaterally love Jordan Peele's stuff either though. Like I think that, um, you know, Get Out and Us are, are are both pretty solid. I don't think either of those films is incredible. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. I mean, is he in the director's chair on Lovecraft Country? Is I thought he no, just had he's an EP producing. Credit. No, he's producing. Yeah. him and J.J. Abrams, right? Right. Okay, another one. J.J. Abrams, <laughs> super mixed track record for for yeah. me. So I I don't know. But look, I did mean, you watch any? Did, did you watch an episode of Underground at all? No, I I have not watched any of that show, and I I honestly I feel this is a bad look. You know, I'm the only white male on this podcast, and I'm just sitting here ripping up this show about racism that I haven't watched. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go ahead and back off from the microphone. <laughs> no, nah, I mean I I get what you're saying. I read the book, and I I don't think it's gonna be as good as Watchmen. I'll, I'll just say it right now. No, I don't think so. anything is gonna be as good as Watchmen. But like, I'm not I'm not tired of that. I'm not tired of that story. I don't think I'll ever be tired of that yeah. story. So like, I mean, let's, it's, see, let's see what you can do that's more clever. It's exactly mm-hmm. what Chandler said. Like his, um, like what you said about racism and and like the parallels to like Lovecraftian horror. Like that's exactly what the book is. Mm. I mean, did you enjoy really the book? Much, oh, what'd you say? Did you enjoy the book? Um, it was it was an all right read. I mean, it, I didn't read it. I um listened to it, but yeah, it was it was all right. But I, I didn't love it for real. Okay. And I mean it's I mean it's it's written by a white guy though. So Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I'll watch it then. You I got know. Chandler back. I'm just kidding. It's horrible. Yeah, look, Jordan Peele and the Jew couldn't do it for you, but the regular Oh my god. Guy. No. <laughs> Jordan Peele and the Jew. What's that? I just got an email. They're canceling me as we podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not canceled. Man, speaking Did of anyone Peele watch the case Jew. against America? Like the case against America, or plot against America, the, um, whatever it's called. Oh, is that, is that the that like Jewish show? Yeah, That's, I got like two yeah. episodes in, and I was like, meh. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, fell flat. No, I mean it doesn't mean it wasn't good. I just I didn't finish it, so mm-hmm. I was just I was just curious, like. I feel gotcha. like that's what we got instead of whatever Confederate show they were yeah. trying to make. We got oh, basically. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Facts. It's like Jewish people won't be mad. We'll we'll just we'll stick there. We'll they already have that way show. Way too mad. <laughs> yeah, hmm? they already have that show on Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Man in the High Castle. Yeah. Oh Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it would if the Nazis won. So this one is like what if Lindbergh became president and what that looks like for the American Jew. Right. Uh, alternate reality. I mean, I might finish it. I probably won't. Interesting. What, you guys been watching it? Huh? Uh, I was going to ask if any of y'all been watching the SNL at home episodes. I know in the group chat, me and Corey have been talking about it. I watched some of them. No. 
No. I was watching the uh, the one last night, today, actually. That's uh, Kristen Wiig hosted, right? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Did she actually yeah. host, or was it like when Tom Hanks was up there, where it was more like, I'm going to give you a real bad monologue, and then... <laughs> I like this monologue. Cool. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah. How does that even work with SNL at home? Does it does it lose the like the only thing I saw was the when Brad Pitt did it does Fauci. it doesn't work tree it doesn't yeah, work trees I was like man it doesn't the, how did because the energy of the crowd is kind of everything man like, see I, I like it I like the creativity but it is it's a totally different program it doesn't feel like SNL really right yeah. yes yeah I watched uh, I watched clips from like WWE you know WrestleMania or whatever. And that is weird. Without the crowd, it feels so flat, bro. You're like, yeah. I don't even like wrestling this much to really like get past the fact that the crowd ain't there. This is hard for me. Since when do you pronounce wrestling correctly? We don't say it that way. Wrestling, wrestling. (laughs) I mix it up every now and then because my granddad used to say wrestling all the time, man. No, I know. I remember we had that conversation. We both had grandfathers who said wrestling, so you said it correctly. I was like, we don't say it correctly on this show. Yeah, I mean, it it switched back and forth, bro. It's like it's like old boys, uh, which we call its um accent, man. And joke's not funny because I can't remember his name, so fuck it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. What a great Um, joke. Yes, it was bad. Chandler. I got I got yeah, something I've been watching that I think is is uh probably right up y'all's alley. Have y'all heard of Escape at Danamora? Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't watched it, it yet. Yeah, same here. It's a it's a show. It came on Showtime. It's a limited series, seven episodes. They're all directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Um, yep. It's about that uh you know that prison break from a few years ago up in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, stars Benicio del Toro. Patricia Arquette, Paul Dano. Um, I loved it. I think it's great. I was totally absorbed from episode one. It's like, it's got a really, uh, a really good tone. I mean, it's very serious, um, but it's. I think it's got enough humor and it's pretty stylishly directed. I really like Ben Stiller as a director, um, and it, they made it available on Amazon Prime now. So, I think that's totally worth checking out if you want to check out like a an HBO quality limited series. What's it called again? It's called Escape at Danamora. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, that was one that was on my list a while back, and I completely forgot about it. So thank you for bringing it back up, man. Benicio's great in it, man. I know you like Benicio. He, that's the man. When has he never not been great? I think the only thing that I saw him he wasn't great in, what was that movie with him and Alicia Silverstone, The Getaway or something like that? Like way back in the day. Yeah, okay. No, Nobody remembers. But I've never seen cool that. I'm sorry. Oh, Speaking of limited that. series, um, did anyone else watch Waco besides me and Corey? No, that's on my list. No, I haven't though. watched it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested. I saw like the first 30 seconds of the first episode just because I accidentally hit play. And I was like, oh, I have to come back to this. Yeah, this shit looks good. That That show, I appreciate that it was told from two different perspectives. And it actually made me empathize more with the Branch Davidians than I traditionally had. Mm -hmm. um, Well, previously had. I saw so many parallels between that and the move tragedy, Mm -hmm. um, the move bombing. But um, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, though, is that um, they allowed this shit to go on for 52 days. They bombed them black people the same damn day. <laughs> like right, they didn't right. even let them get out of the house. So I was like, 
even in their suffering, they still had hella privilege. <laughs> right, so, right. I mean, not that, not that I would wish that they would die. I wish in both situations, different choices had been made and lives could have been spared because there were so many children that died in both situations. Um, but it's definitely worth watching. I definitely had a whole other idea about what happened than what actually happened. I admittedly, I was young, but yeah, the media was... definitely had me thinking that it was a way different situation than it actually was. And yeah. I think that's true for a lot of us. And I think that they focused a lot on um, David Koresh having sex with underage girls um, and not so much on what the government got wrong, even though it is a big deal that he was fucking little girls, but you know, a hundred people right. oh my to die. God. Well, that's the, anytime there's like a thing like that, that's always the number one thing they say. It's, uh, you know, that happened with like um, the new audience. That's not Nation, why they were there like, though. They weren't there because he was humping little girls. They were there for a whole other reason. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And they weren't gotcha. that they were they were little girls, but they were they were teenagers. Right. Yeah. And who played David Koresh? Was it like Taylor Kitsch or something like that? Or yes. Who, he wanted the little bit I saw. I was like, oh, God, he looks like a good David Koresh. Like he like he kind of looked like him to me, man. So Michael yeah. Shannon was really good in this one, too. Michael Shannon played Michael Shannon. He's always like the like intense, very pensive. I'm yeah. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't ominous in this one though like he wasn't ominous in this one. Oh, he wasn't oh interesting no can we pull well, some his character his character is one of the people that wrote one of the books that it's based on the other one was um which colkin child is in this one not the rory. not the t- rory yeah. yeah um rory colkin's character he wrote the other book so it's based on a book from the hostage negotiator and then one of the survivors so two oh. two different books from two different perspectives on what actually happened. Oh, but I was going to say fair, the hostage negotiator got fired, so he's bitter. <laughs> so. I got a joke I'm trying to say, and it's gonna, it's only going to get less funny the longer I got to wait to tell it. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, can we pour some out for uh, Taylor Kitsch's career? That man started out strong, and then he got John Carter right to the bottom of the barrel. Did well, he start out strong though? We're, we're, I mean, yeah, he had man. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night yeah. Lights. I feel like he was real hot property coming off of that, and then he just the movie career never really happened the way that he wanted. I totally did not remember that he was even in that. I know James yeah. Vanderbeek is in it. Yeah, that was James Vanderbeek. I don't think Vanderbeek James, Van in I don't think James Van is he in it? Yes. I don't think so. I don't think James he is. Vanderbeek. He's in the movie. Are y'all talking the about the movie. show or the movie? I'm talking about the show. Ain't nobody yeah, talking about that show. movie. Yeah, talking about <laughs> See, I, talking I, about that's no why Billy I don't Bob remember Thornton. him in the movie because he wasn't yeah. in it. I didn't watch the show. Oh, the show is. Oh my god, that's, easy. That's, that's one of the best Jesse television shows from, right? I've ever seen. Yeah, it's one of the I, best shows ever. I hear that a lot. We got Jesse Plemons from that, didn't we? Yes. Got Michael B. Jordan too. Yes, Michael B. Jordan in the later seasons. Dude, that's a good show. Have you seen the whole thing, Martin? Nah, I haven't seen it all. Don't do Michael B. Jordan like that. Like Michael B. Jordan was Wallace. Like don't don't like yeah. don't like cut a chunk of his career out. Michael <laughs> B. Jordan was nothing was nothing until Chronicle in 2012. Don't uh, end that. Is, I can that actually is not agree with that. black people. Think, <laughs> I kind of okay? agree. agree. <laughs> that was the first role I saw him in where I was like, oh, he he could be like a leading man, even though yes. he was a side character in Chronicle, right? In Chronicle, yeah, yeah. sure, Chronicle, yeah. but yeah. we but but we knew who he was. We, he wasn't nothing. He was Wallace, and we Wallace, gave a fuck right. about him before that. Well, I mean, before that, I feel like you're really ignoring the six championships he won with the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yo, you stupid, yo. No, no, no. No, was it? No, you're talking about uh, hardball, right? 
Yes, he, yeah, I didn't watch Hardball. Hard he was in Hardball. Yeah, what are you, was, hold on, what are you talking I about? I didn't watch fake. I didn't watch Ghetto, Bad News Bears, White Savior movie. I'm good. So, Shut up. <laughs> that's what, what, what it was. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. But um, yeah. Chandler, what are you talking about? The Chicago Bulls. What movie are you talking about? Because his name is Michael Jordan. You're slow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Speaking of which, have y'all been watching this Last Dance documentary? Nah. No. No, I haven't been able to see it. I gotta say. Martin, you haven't been watching it either? It's on ESPN, right? Yeah. But I, I don't have cable, so. Me neither. No. Oh, okay. My bad. Yo, listen. I'm gonna say You're this. Good. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> Shut up. Yo, <laughs> it, I didn't realize... So, of course, when you're watching Michael Jordan, you know, uh, you know, I mean, I remember watching, uh, you know, from probably like 93 into 96. I remember, you know, really watching Jordan, man. And um, it was I like watching this documentary takes me back there so much and it really puts so much in context. And it is a privilege to to have been able to watch him live. And it's something that I completely took for granted. And now I see the importance. I, you know, Jordan was this was this big figure, you know, in sports, man, especially in you know the, like the black community, but just worldwide, right? But I didn't really understand the magnitude of that stardom because it was it, it's kind of like being born with an iPad, you know, like my daughter's generation being born with like iPads and iPhones. You don't realize that like, yo, before this, this shit was antiquated, bro. Like it, it was it's. It was really it was really shitty before this, and like you came in when it was really good, and it's so good that you don't know how good you have it until it's not here anymore, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and watching that documentary is making me like, you know, I was it I I was privileged to be alive to see that Bulls team play in real time, bro. So um, that's what I'll say about the Last Dance. This is an excellent documentary. This is probably like the best offering from ESPN and they do a you know magnificent documentaries with those 30 for 30s but this one is like really that shit and it's how a many more episodes series. are left so tonight and we're because we're recording some Mother's Day I think tonight is episode seven and eight so I think they have nine and ten after that and from what okay. I understand like they're still editing nine and ten they're not even finished with those so. oh wow yeah so like you know they they released this like two weeks earlier than it was supposed to release because of the pandemic Ah. They went on and threw it out there. Yeah, so it's been a hell of a journey, bro. This shit is really good. Michael Jordan is not the asshole that I thought he was. Like, I really, I, I remember growing up feeling like, yo, he's such a fucking asshole. Da, 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 da. But not having any context behind it. It's just, you know, what other people were saying. Like, no, well, I, he I wasn't. thought most, most people didn't feel like that until way after his career was over. Yeah. Like the well, chamillionaire story and right. other Ch- stories Ch- that chamillionaire? like. <laughs> yeah, that's a name you don't hear every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I forgot I knew who that was. Can you explain that story? Um, yeah, he he was at a party, I think a hotel party or something like that, and Mike was there. I think Spike was there, and a bunch of other people. And he went up to Mike asking for a picture. He said, "I don't take pictures with no niggas." <laughs> <And then, laughs> what? You see in the documentary, yeah. you totally see that in him. Like, yeah, it wasn't even like a. That's not that wasn't out of character for him. Like he was just a very straightforward, straight shooting, like I'm here to win the basketball game. I don't give a shit about nothing else type dude. You know what I mean? Um God, yeah, man, really they that's dude. crazy. You know, they really do see you rolling and they hating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. 
Uh, what else is out there, man? Well, you did you want to talk about what we do in the shadows? Because I know you've been rewatching that. I uh, have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, Lizzie. Go for it. Yeah. So, wh- I mean, explain what it is. So, um, it's a FX series that is um, a spinoff from a movie from Taika Waititi and Jermaine. What's his last name? Is it Clement? Clement. Yeah, I think so. Clement. Um, and it follows a um, what's, it, what's a collective noun for vampires? I don't even know. I don't know. A coven, I guess. A coven is witches, I thought. Oh. A pack. A nest or something Sure. Like that. A nest. <laughs> we'll just yeah. call them a coven for now. <laughs> Um, but a coven of, of vampires that that live in New York. They live on like Staten Island. Staten Island, yeah. Um, and it's just like chronicling their misadventures, and it's shot documentary style. Um, the documentary nice. like breaks the fourth wall a couple times. Like the crew keeps like getting fucked up. <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. I I don't. If you like Taika Waititi, it's that same. It's like that same contiguous humor. Um, it's very funny to me. Um, but yeah. I don't know. What did you think about it, Martin? Oh, I was I was very skeptical of it because I was like, I didn't really see a reason why they needed to make a show out of it. And I, I guess when the season went on, it kind of got funnier and kind of justified why they would be able to do it because there was enough material there to still make jokes. And they brought back like different stuff from the, sh- the movie, like the werewolves. Like I mm-hmm. love that episode that was in the movie and then they brought him back in the show and, and made it really funny so bro they were like are y'all all Indian and they were like I'm black and they were like well <laughs> yeah. I'm Indian but you mean Native American but like I just I happen to be Indian they <laughs> 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 so like that feels really racist dude <laughs> I'm not I'm not too familiar with the brand of Ta- Taika Waititi though like what oh what, what oh. is his style uh I don't know how to it's like dry, it's like dry humor but not like British. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's not like stupid, like a Chris Lilly, but like, so did you watch Ragnarok Thor? Of course you didn't. Oh, I know you no, didn't. Yeah, of course. It, he directed that. And it is so funny to me. But the first thing that I saw from Taika Waititi was actually um, a movie called Boy. Mm-hmm. And it's about like a Maori family. And mm-hmm. uh, he plays like an absentee father that comes back. Um, he lost his wife in childbirth and he has two two sons his second son was born he lost his wife um and they live with his mother his children live with his mother and she's like taking care of her other grandchildren they don't ever tell you like what's going on with that but his son like does a typical thing with like absent fathers he's like yeah my dad's an astronaut like all that good stuff <laughs> right. and then his dad he, he like meets his hero and it's really that kind of like slice of life story uh-huh. um and you know about like them just not fully grieving, but it's very good. It's on. Um, it used to be on Netflix. It's on Canopy, which I was like, oh, I can watch this again. So you um, say he's, uh, it was a Maui. So he's what? He's from New Zealand, the Taika mm-hmm. Waititi. Or mm-hmm. oh, okay, okay. Now that makes sense. I was like, well, that's weird for you know, no, for that's an like American very, director. <laughs> like, no, he's not American. Yeah, but okay. aren't there like I don't know the Polynesian? <laughs> that's what I know. Right, right, right. But um. Right. But I think that's like a, a type of Polynesian culture. I'm very sure that it is. But um, it I really enjoyed it. And like it's a, I didn't realize like the cadence that he speaks in and all of his roles is like very typical of their culture mm-hmm. um, until I like watched Chris Lilly do it when it was like super racist when he did it. 
but <laughs> but watching it watching it from Psycho ICT, I really enjoy that movie. It's called Boy, and of mm. course, like I said, I love uh, what we do in the shadows. Like it's it's a cool it's a silly silly take on vampires taking themselves seriously. It's funny, right? Nice man. Yeah, it sounds it sounds entertaining. Yeah, the Did, movie's yeah. great. I've, I've not seen the show, but I, I heard great things about it. Um, and I just discovered the movie one day. I had heard about it. Um, and then it was on Amazon one time, and I was like, dang, man, this movie like is really, like it hits hard, man. It's it's a strong, strong comedic outing from Taika. You can see why he would go on that track to win uh, you know, the best screenplay Oscar right. at this last ceremony. Y'all it's also that? on Canopy as well. That is... Yep. Y'all hear that Christopher Columbus shit Chandler just said? Yeah, and I discovered it on uh, <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon Prime on Hulu. I it was already there, Chandler. You just found it. I feel like that's like a common like vernacular way to describe you like finding something to watch. But okay. Yeah, maybe. I think I've said that a couple. I've, I've I'm not a. I'm not. I didn't like colonialize uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime when I found what we do in the shadows. Look what I have done! I have made fire, yeah. and I name it Chandler's streaming service. Plant the flag. <laughs> Did any of you guys watch um, Becoming Michelle Obama? No. Uh, any good? Yeah, it's mostly like following her book tour and like you know her meeting with different people and some of those people they like talk to them and they tell you about their lives but nice i cried watching that um not because i cried watching that not because like she said something so profound that it touched my spirit and i was just overcome i cried because i remember how happy those times felt for me Uh (laughs) and Um, there's this one shot where she's, well, you know, scene where she's talking about like the actual, um, inauguration for 45 and like what that actually looked like. And, um, you know, they show the shot of them boarding Air Force One for the last time and I lost it because I was like, and now the world is ending. Look at fucking life. (laughs) Like if only we had known. (laughs) Right. So yeah, it, it it made me really emotional, but it's definitely worth watching. You get so much of her personality, and you know it talks a lot about her experience. And I love that we're getting that from her now, whereas like someone like an Ethel Kennedy, I didn't get to know about like Ethel Kennedy until like you know whenever whenever her uh, what's the what's the child's name that was born after Bobby dies? It Rory Kennedy. I don't know. That's it's Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin from Succession. I know that. I know that. I think that that's not Rory in Succession. (laughs) That is Rory in Succession. Yes, it is. Huh? Yeah, that is Rory Culkin. That's Kieran in Succession. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, I get them confused. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) See, I was thinking. I'm sorry. I was thinking about uh about Gilmore Girls. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> that joke would have landed if I actually knew what you meant. Um, I think her name is Rory Kennedy. Um, but anyway, their daughter, I'm correct. It is Rory Kennedy. Um, she was the daughter that was born like after he died. And so she made a, a documentary about her mother. But just learning so much about her like made me go, oh, I fuck with Ethel Kennedy. So like, mm. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, someone I know in life, in my own lifetime, I get that kind of thing, like giving them a flowers, like while she's still smelling. I love it. Nice. She popped up in that Jill Scott, uh, Erica Badu uh, versus battle last night. 
She's been in Club amazing. D nights a few times too. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, dope, yo, yeah. I, that was. Did any of y'all watch that? That I definitely character? did. Did you come sing on. grits when you were supposed to? Otherwise, if you don't, like, I'm kicking you out the coach. No, you know I did, man. You know I did, man. I was going crazy, man. But the highlight for me was when was the healer. That's like my favorite Erica Badu song is the healer, man. So when she dropped that, I went crazy. But that, I like these little versus battles that are happening um, in quarantine. I, I love what it's doing for the artists since they can't tour. So like, right. I I'm curious, like if Swizz and Timbaland, like how much they're making off of it as opposed to like the people who are actually participating in it. But I know that like their streaming typically goes way up after it because all the streaming services put out the playlist for the, the versus yeah. battles. So I, like I Spotify is taking too goddamn long, but <laughs> I, I, I don't see how Swiss and Tim can be monetizing this now, but with, you know, the, the community that they're galvanizing, I think is going to be very valuable. Um, the, you know, the same way, you know, you see like Tory Lane's got that quarantine radio situation. I think uh, the versus battles can have an outlet sort of a similar way like that, man. Um, so I think it's more, I think it's more the audience that's valuable right now than the money. Obviously neither one of them really need the money, but um, what it's doing for the culture, I think is going to, I think there's so much more to be had in a lot of other spaces because you have access to this community. Um, so I, I can't even see him cashing in quite yet because we don't know what it's worth, you know? I mean, Timbaland's well, definitely got a nice financial bed from the boot company. That I mean, that's been a successful <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. That's been a cash cow for him since the yeah. 90s? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the construction boot? Especially <laughs> up in New York. <laughs> Dead ass. Has so, anybody caught this uh this Atlanta child murders documentary that's on HBO? I started it, but I feel like I'm burnt out on that story. So, well, I, see for me it it rose like through um the uh, season two of you know Manhunter or Manhunter, uh-huh. Manhunter I forget whatever they call it. Um, it's Manhunters. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it it was kind of like um you know coming off that a few months ago, then jumping into this is like oh yeah man I've you know, the, of course, I don't know all the details. I just kind of know the broad strokes of what was happening. But to sort of really get under the hood and really hear, it's a, it's horrifying, man. Just kids, you know, just hearing what was happening, in, you know, in the early 80s in Atlanta, man. It's like very horrifying. And then to see the conclusion that they came to with it. And then, you know, the idea that like, you know, this one man couldn't have done all of this and like it's taken me some places that I just never even thought about because I haven't been that close to the material. But for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm into, I'm into these, you know, cold, you know, old murder stories. Like that's just my life, man. I like that kind of shit. No, I like um, that kind of shit too. (laughs) Yeah, man. And, and, um, it's just a very, you know, knowing what Atlanta is now, um, understanding that, you know, it's, just kind of putting into context, you know, what Atlanta means for, for black people. And then, you know, uh, you know, this, this horror story that was happening in, uh, in the middle of a place that, you know, is kind of, we dub as America's Wakanda, you know what I'm Uh saying? Like just to see the history of it and just random black kids disappearing, man. It's, it's extremely tragic. They do a good job of really putting you back into that time frame. To the point where it's like I kind of have to watch each episode in parts because it's a little too much, um, especially having a kid, man. You know, I can't. Uh, there's some stories where it's like, you know, the 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 aunt. There was one specific one where the oh, when the aunt, the aunt went to the store, 
it was like a family dollar they went into and, and then they the came, kid out. came outside he to, was like helping people something. with their baskets or some shit yeah. yeah he was trying to help people with their baskets to make extra money or something like that and then he disappeared never came back like things like that are just completely horrifying man and um you know to know that there's a, a sick motherfucker or some sick motherfuckers that were doing that man it's yeah it was not one person who did that it, i don't think it, it couldn't have been and especially you know the guy they pinned it on man this guy was like frail and you start talking about there was they just it just seemed like they just threw everything on him which you know i'm sure he was responsible for a few of them but mm, i don't think that he i don't think he killed any children you don't think he killed any children no, I they so he was never charged with killing any children. He was he was so let me back up to why I said I'm burnt out. So <laughs> prior okay. to Mind Hunters, there was a uh, podcast called Monster where they kind of went through what you're watching now, oh. um, and I that I listened to maybe I have to go back and see how old it is. It's, it was at least a year ago, and then um, Mind Hunters came out, and I saw a dramatization of it. So, like, watching it again, now I'm, like, diving into it for the third time, and it's just, I've just got, like, repetitive, you know, overload right. with it. But uh, Wayne Williams was charged in the death of two adults. He was not charged with killing any children. But they've said, like, oh, well, basically he did this, though. Right. So he's known as, like, the child, the Atlanta child murder serial killer, but he was never convicted of killing any children. Oh, see, they haven't gotten to that part in the documentary yet. No, interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a he did something. Yeah. He did do something. I believe he did something. But they, yeah. if you see how they caught him, I'm not. It's some people believe that he was in relationship with a a, a man and he killed him. Um, oh, okay. But Wayne Williams is like a a severe narcissist, and um, if you go back to um. Payne Lindsay did the the monster season one that's about the Atlanta child murders. Maybe when this is over, you might want to listen to listen to it. For I don't sure. and I don't know how much time they're going to spend actually talking to Wayne Williams, but Payne like talks to Wayne Williams on the phone. Right, it sounds um, they've started getting into that. Like, this this lines. this jank is still in prison, like telling people he's gonna get them record deals, like. <laughs> right he's still trying to be a talent manager like boy disillusionism <laughs> like 40 years later like yeah, you know i'm Wayne williams i'm someone like i can make things happen for you which is exactly what he was doing like when he got in trouble so I'm like right. wow he's still the same person he's incredibly narcissistic but he's very smart and very manipulative so right. who knows but i don't Seems i don't like i'm not saying he didn't kill any children i'm just very skeptical that he killed any children at all because they didn't they didn't have enough evidence to say that he did Otherwise, right. they would have charged him, right? Because right, black people right. really wanted this to be solved. So right. that's what's that's what was that's the part that I didn't know. I didn't realize that a lot of the black community didn't feel like he did anything. No, you know? because they they never charged him. <laughs> so yeah. it was just like it was like oh he 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 killed these other guys, so he probably did this too. What? Yeah. And that's I mean, a wild assumption. It is, and you know just how they were talking about in Mine Hunters, it's unlikely that these children were killed by someone who was not black um because yeah. they were trying to like pin it on the clan for a while but they were just they were saying that if a white man was driving around in the in these neighborhoods in broad daylight snatching yeah. kids like he would have been noticeable he, somebody would have noticed something yeah for mm -hmm. sure i agree with that yeah interesting documentary though if you're looking for something true crime something new um, a new story. Well, it sounds like it's not a new story. I mean, I know it's not a new story, but it sounds like there's more material out there. I appreciate you putting me onto that podcast there. Um, HBO has just been killing it with content lately, man. I mean, 
this and then uh that uh that Macaulay Culkin show Succession uh just really <laughs> it's really strong output from them I heard they had to stop production cuz of uh like everybody they you know they had to stop production on season 4 cuz of this quarantine man fucking trash I, I wish they'd stop right, production right. on season four of Westworld. Let's just call it right now. Cancel. <laughs> just cancel the show. Yeah. Yeah, they, they renewed it in pandemic, so I'm pretty sure. Shame it's on you. So many people are depending on that show to eat. Shame yeah. on you. That is very true. I hey, so man. I, Jeez. I, why, I mean, I don't mean I want people to lose their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so saying I, I didn't like season three of Westworld. Yeah. Love the filmmakers. Love everybody who works on that show. I hope everybody finds gainful employment on a better program. That's a good. That's a good wish right there. Are are writers' rooms virtual right now? Do you think? Like, are they doing writers' rooms on Zoom? I it's hope more so. like writers' zooms. <laughs> writers' zooms. <laughs> writers zooms. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Let me write and, and, that one down for my type five. Yeah, right. When comedy clubs hope. reopen. I'm going to have a ton of material. You stupid. You stupid. Any anything else? Anybody watching anything? Um, any good horror movies out there? Anybody watching seasons or series? Uh, I haven't seen anything new, uh, but I've been like just revisiting uh, old films that I saw when <laughs> I was a kid and. and uh, I did like uh like I watched Signs, the M Night Shyamalan movie, which is I think a really 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 good movie. Um I'm planning to watch The Village next. Um and then like just doing like deep dives on filmmakers, I think with a lot of free time, it's really interesting to watch like, you know, several movies um like I I PT Anderson. I had not mm-hmm. seen a lot of his films. I had seen like Boogie Nights and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um but then I went back and I watched uh the master and i watched uh there will be blood you watch um, magnolia i watched magnolia with hated magnolia i can't believe Whoa. i cannot believe the reaction to that movie i mean that movie i thought it was awful truly awful whoa really yeah and it's nuts to me that like that's tom cruise's uh oscar nomination like that no it's bad huh? Magnolia to me was like a student film. I thought it was it was really self indulgent. The it was it was not subtle. Um, I found the filmmaking um, oppressive in a bad way. Uh, I just think I, I, Paul Thomas Anderson is a very skilled filmmaker, and I clearly he went for something, but it just was it really didn't work for me. So I wouldn't have given that movie a good review at the time. But uh, whoa. You know, I know it's very well regarded. I'm just, you know, hey, I didn't want, I don't want anybody that worked on Magnolia that'll lose their jobs. I hope that they all find gameful employment <laughs> on a better program. On a new PTA film. <laughs> yeah. I, um, wow. I've never heard anybody have that take, man. Um, and it's hard the ending of Magnolia. Like, I already didn't like it. And then the ending of it was, which I don't, you know, I don't know if people have seen it, but I, it's a ridiculous, <laughs> crazy ending that if you're already not into the film, it's not going to win you over at the end. Right, right. Wow. You guys know what I'm talking about? Can I spoil it? Yeah, spoil it, uh, please. The yeah. movie, All right, I'm going to spoil Magnolia. It's going to be less than 30 movie. seconds. You can, the frogs, the ending? I can't the remember. Frog, it rains frogs. Yeah, it rains frogs. The, the, the plague, the, the, the plaguing graining of frogs. I mean, which it is like amazing, really. Which is amazing on the art department's behalf, right? All these dead frogs, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's executed well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it's a terrible idea. Why, why is it terrible to you? I mean, it's just ridiculous. The movie exists in, in something uh, resembling the real world for its entire three-hour-long runtime. Right. And then you're like, oh, it's like a very heavy-handed uh, biblical metaphor. Did you like it? No, I didn't. Right. Okay. Sorry. Well, no, I feel like no. I just brought the whole mood of the room down. No, 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 no. This is for me. Like I said, for me, it's hard to defend it. I haven't seen it since, since the early two thousands. I haven't seen Magnolia, so it's really hard to defend. What you, it's like you know, I'm I'm in this place where it's like sometimes I go back to these movies that I did regard as like very high, you know, art or good content, and like two thousand twelve's Chronicle, the, huh? Like two thousand twelve's Chronicle. Oh, Chronicle's trash when I saw it. <laughs> you know, so I'm pretty sure it's only <laughs> devalued more since then. Nah, um, I know Martin's back. Man, we hang out like every day. That's yeah. what made you think that Michael B. Jordan was yeah. gonna be the next no, guy. Like, you got to do like you don't trust like... me now. <laughs> Chronicles, bad, Dad. <laughs> Chronicles, bad. don't touch me, Dad. We hang out like uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> was that Dane DeHaan? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. He um, does, you know, we talked about Quibi off mic, man. I thought He's I got... saw like. Like yeah, he's got to show up there. It's bad. <laughs> oh, it's a show? I thought it was a movie. Well, okay, so like their movies are shows too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's all no, split into dumb. chunks. So they call those shows uh, movies in parts, but they're in episodes less than 10 minutes, just like everything else on Quibi. Right. Movies in um, parts. Didn't IMDb already do that in parts? Isn't that I, a series that they have already? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what oh, okay. you right. I don't know what, you, what you're talking about, but uh, yeah, no, the Dane DeHaan one is bad. It had a good first episode. It's him and uh and Micah Monroe who was in uh, It Follows. If y'all remember that, mm-hmm. yeah, the uh, and, uh, girl, the main girl, yeah, and the guest that movie with uh Dan Stevens, yeah, okay. at a Wingard joint. Um, so she's like a scream queen. I really like her and I really like Dane DeHaan, but man, they couldn't save that that Quibi show, man. Oh. Trailer for that shit looked good, bro. I was like, the I first episode was great. Yeah. And then it got incredibly corny. I think the idea of that being a multiple, like a split production, multiple parts, I think that's that was already the first mistake. I thought that was a one and done or like a little 10 minute short. No, nah, it's like minutes it's like around two hours if you watch the whole thing. Oh no, I'm good, fam. Oh uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump. Like that's the. I'm not gonna sit and watch a movie in ten parts, bro. Ten ten minute parts, like. Well, and you know you can't watch it anywhere but your phone too. Like there's no Roku app. You can't stream it to your TV. You have to watch it on your cell phone. Oh, so you can't. Oh, you can't trash. like mirror the television on your Apple TV. That's no, what I would do. They are not allowed with Quibi. That's mobile only, fam. So, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the mirror, the mirror thing doesn't even work. So like, uh, they won't even let you take screenshots. What? If you take a screenshot, oh, wow. it just, it's a black frame. Whoa. Yeah. What kind of technology is that? <laughs> it's DRM stuff, man. It's yeah. crazy. I need that for the block out uh, the government when they start got down following our GPS everywhere. I think you sure can do not- that. You should develop. Yeah, you that. can just turn your GPS off, but that doesn't that doesn't stop them from knowing where you are. But. Exactly, man. They just get the pinging. 
I need them to paint to a black screen, baby. Back in the day, you used to be able to pull your battery out of the phone. I've never committed a crime, but (laughs) you (laughs) You know, you can't even do that anymore. So they know they always know where you are. The phone has to be like ridiculously dead for that to be the case. Speaking of like horror movies, has anyone ever seen The Invitation? on um yes. netflix i've heard that freaked so, me the fuck out like i watched that and i was like okay this is weird and then i got to a point where i was like oh shit yeah that i heard such good out. things about that hmm? i heard such good things about that but i uh it's it's in my list but i i never never pulled the trigger on it it's slow, yeah, it's <laughs> slow. i'm just gonna warn you it's yeah. slow but when you get to the climax it's got a great ending though the ending is fucking perfect like See, I'm Word. trying to. I, I saw it one time and it didn't really stick with me, man. So I'm not having the same reaction. I do remember the ending being it was something in the backyard and mm-hmm. a lantern. Um, yeah, right. it, it's a it's a man and his um, current girlfriend like go to the dinner party of his ex wife, who is clearly yeah. like she has Cultish. she's joined a cult. Yeah, and like Ooh. they've invited a bunch of people in their life over, and they have a bunch of conversations, and then a thing happens. Oh, that sounds like exactly uh, my kind of movie. I love a slow burn like that. That's great. Speaking of murder, murder parties, uh, there's actually a movie called Murder Party from uh, one of my favorite directors (laughs) that came out of the last decade, um, uh, uh, Jeremy Saulnier. I think his first movie is called Murder Party. It's it's like a very, very dark humor. Is that the one where... (laughs) They had acetic acid and didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think I that's it. I couldn't get through that shit. That shit, that was actually pretty funny. And the thing is, like, it's it's like it's like really like kitschy, like I would like, but I was just kind of like, okay, this is over the top. It's just, just stupid. But I guess yeah. if it, if I got all the way through it, maybe it was good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. I think it's. I think you would. I think you would appreciate it. I think you'd appreciate it. It's definitely Do y'all think? Uh... Y'all think Sonya ever gets a uh, big blockbuster movie? Like, I feel like Horror Guy's really been on that track. And uh, I don't know, like Adam Wingard, who did, you know, The Guest, and then did, uh, uh, what is it, uh, that other one? Uh, The Blair Witch sequel. And then he did that Death Note movie. And now he's doing Godzilla vs. Kong. He, like, made a huge jump into blockbuster films. I feel like Jeremy Sonya's career, I could see him doing that, like, two projects from now. Yeah, I can see that like two projects from now. I, I I think it has to be something special, man, because he definitely has like a cadence and mm-hmm. like I think like a, 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 a you know, he has a format to some degree, man. And I, I feel like he's I feel like he would only engage there if he could have full control. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that because he has a very special style of telling stories, man. And it it may not lend itself to like big budget like that so it have to there have to be an underlayment to that to that mm-hmm. script that really allows him to shine i think i i don't think he's just wilding off and taking like you know a reboot of the iron man or something like nah, that. i'm sure i was just gonna say i'm sure he's had beatings with marvel i'm sure but yeah. you know i think like every he, every young successful director has had meetings with marvel right see if he were to do something like in the marvel series it would be like the punisher or something like that you know what i mean like yeah honestly i'm the punisher is not like a character i'm into at all but if saulnier was gonna do it i would you would totally into be into it, it. Right? Yeah, yeah i'm with you i'm with you on that i i because i mean green room man like the action in that movie that shows that i think if you gave that dude like money uh to like really really do some some stuff with action scenes i think that he would not disappoint oh for sure man for yeah. sure 
Yeah. And and the, the shootout in uh what the one that I hated and you liked. What's that? Call the um, dark. Hold the, yeah, dark. hold the dark yeah well it's i thought it was called wolves in snow or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the shootout yeah. and hold the dark that we got again in true detective yeah that one yeah yeah Amazing. didn't he direct some of true De- wasn't he gonna the do the first whole thing episodes of season three I think yeah he that. quit after he did two because he was he was signed on to direct the whole season and then he was like nah yeah I so i guess that shows that he wasn't yeah he ain't about uh being told what to do yeah, well, you know, it's, it can't be gimmicky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he just has a, he has a way, man. He has a way of doing it. It didn't I think, feel gimmicky t- in the end, huh? <laughs> it didn't feel gimmicky in the end, though. I like that season. Oh no, was, I love that season. Yeah, I never yeah. finished I, it. I, I don't think it. I don't think it felt gimmicky either. But you know, it's it. I will say that it was kind of clear that it stayed on. It stayed on. It went back to the essence of what season one was. Uh-huh. Um, very, you know, very parallel to what season one was, and I don't know, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know what happened there, man. I don't even want to speculate, man, because he seems like a fairly easy guy to get along with. Um, so whatever it was, it might have been, it might have been. Uh, These are weird while. words you're saying. You know him? No, no. Well, I'm just <laughs> watching a yeah, lot. That's of my boy Jay. You know, watch, <laughs> just watching his whole like watching his process, watching his, you know, the little bit of behind the scenes stuff that you do see and the interviews that you do see. He just seems like he, um, his actors respect him. You know what I'm uh. saying? And he just has like a very affable quality to him. He He's not like a lot of directors that can't, you know, you put them in like a social setting and they can't really articulate or they're very binary in their presentation. Like he's very, he's just fun. He just seems like a regular dude that like you could drink beers with, but he just happens to make incredible films. There's another connection here because uh, Carrie Fukunaga from season one of True Detective, of course, has uh-huh. d- done the new Bond movie. And that's yes. a huge deal for him because he's a guy who had avoided franchises for years and years. Right. And that and then, and this Bond looks amazing. It, I'm low-key mad that, it's getting pu- that it got pushed back. I was really upset about it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think that Daniel Craig is a great Bond, but I really only like... Uh, Casino Royale. Royale. Like, that's my favorite one, but I think all his other Bond movies are not very good, so I really want him to go out on a strong note. Yeah. Yeah, this this does seem the, the most, like, cl- the closest to Casino Royale in terms of, like, the action sequences mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm very excited for this one. I hope I hope Pandemic doesn't push uh, Tenet back, man. That seems like... That's already I mean, happened, I thought. Nah. No. They're still no. planning to release it in July. in July. Christopher Nolan is steadfast, and he has said, um, like, he's been meeting with the big wig theater owners and Warner Brothers, and their plan is to, like, reopen movie theaters with Tenet. Like, that's going to be the movie that's going to reopen the theaters. Yeah. That bitch better not disappoint then. <laughs> yeah, I think it I mean, good. I, I just, I do wonder, like, logistically, you know, can, uh, are theaters going to be able to open in July? It's not that far away. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that's yeah. that, you know, that's it doesn't seem realistic, but if anybody can do it, it's Nolan, bro. Like they'll shut like like the pandemic will shut down for a day for Nolan. You know, what I'm um, yeah, and and then I wonder like how does that affect box office? Because uh, you could say, well, people will be scared and they won't be going out to theaters, right? Even if there's social distancing measures, yeah. but Tenet will be the only new movie out, right? So yeah. will it will it still make a ton of money, like? It's hard to I, say. I don't think so. I think this is going to be his first box office flop. That's my prediction. Has he I not think, had a flop before? I mean, uh, I guess like before Batman Begins is, you know, that's not really on the same level. 
Right. Where I think everything's been profitable for him, but yeah, I'm talking post Batman for sure. Yeah. I think this is going to be his his the the you know, it's I don't think it's going to get back what they expected. I re- I really hope that they're they have a, a contingency plan to embrace digital cuz I feel mm-hmm. like it may do pretty good digital, but I, you know, or you know, but I know like um Christopher Nolan ain't really about that Netflix nope. life. He is not at all about that. <laughs> so he's going to avoid that at all. Like he'd rather mail you the <laughs> the print of the film. right <laughs> like why don't we take the netflix model back to when it was mailing i can mail prints we can mail people <laughs> we can mail people imax movie players you get like, like three reels of 35 <laughs> in the mail <laughs> straight parcels yo right that would actually um, be pretty cool that just reminded me thinking about robert pattinson i did watch a good time on your recommendation trees what you think uh, good time was really really good. I thought it was a lot better than Uncut Gems. Way better, man. I, I yeah. didn't want to say it, man, because I didn't want to shit on the Safties, but Uncut was did 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 not meet. It did not match. It did not. It match. seems like it is kind of weird to me that after Good Time they would make a movie that feels so much like the same movie. You know what? The when I start the the more I hear about like the backstory to it, I think I figured out what happened. Because you know the whole thing about the whole got a thing real about, true detective situation here. Go ahead, what you find? So, so here's my thing. Ro- the reason why they made Good Time is because Robert Pattinson saw the poster for one of their movies, the previous movie, and just liked the aesthetic of the poster and and kind of felt like these guys could handle some material. So, you know, reached out to him and said, "Hey, I'd love to work with you. You know, mm-hmm. with with you guys on your next project." So they wrote Good Time specifically around that request of wanting to work with Robert Pattinson. I think that was, I think the idea of uncut gems, they probably had at least a decade ago. Right. So so they, and and they said, they had tried to make it with another actor, hadn't they? Well, I I think they tried to make it. I think they reached out to Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler, because I think they always wanted Sandler to play that, to play that because but it was like a long time ago it was a long time ago okay right so i think what they said was i if i had to bet this is what happened they said listen we don't want to give uncut gems we don't want to give uncut gem to pattinson because he doesn't fit like you know the jeweler you know we need a jewish jeweler diamond district guy so we can't give him this story but if we can take something to show as a proof of concept because Robert Pattinson will get us the he'll get us the financing for anything we want to do. So maybe we can do a story that's a proof of concept that's in the same vein of what we really want to make, which is uncut gems. And after that, ta-da, everybody knows that we can pull the jig off. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think I think they they use good time as a proof of concept for uncut gems. Like, think about this, think about, you know, the the you know the kinetic energy of this and this whole you know on the edge of your seat ride but in this setting you know what i mean i think that's a great theory that seems very plausible to me yeah and and it fell short you know like like i think it's still it's still a good movie but it's good time is is a better version of of that i think that's that's my thing i think in a vacuum or like had you know if that movie didn't exist i think uncut gym for me would have been a better experience yeah, but yeah. having having seen Good Time before that, I, it was like, damn, Uncut Jim really missed a mark. Um, mm. But but you see why I was excited for when it was coming out, right? Yeah, hundred like, percent. 
I'm, I'm telling you, man, I can't miss anything Robert Pattinson does now after seeing Good Time. I just feel like he nailed that role. I mean, I you know, I was already so excited for uh, Batman because of Matt Reeves and what he right. did with uh, with Cloverfield and the Planet of the Apes films. Right. Um, and then casting Pattinson was like, I didn't know I could be any more excited about Batman. I was like, wow, that is an interesting choice. Agreed. Um, can't Super wait to see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. Samesies. Um anything else, guys? Is, is, oh well do, I asked I asked you two like a question last week. I asked Chandler. What's the uh, number one thing that is either pushed back or canceled that you were looking forward to as far as movies or television? Hmm, that's a good uh that's a good question. Uh well, I mean, obviously, it's got to be Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson and <laughs> yeah. Emily Blunt, and that got pushed back a whole year. So I'm really I'm reeling from that. No, but my serious answer, um, I guess, because it was like the first big thing to get pushed, and because everything else was easier to digest after that, uh, it was Bond: No Time to Die. It really upset me, and uh, I think it was partially. The fact that realizing, like, oh, this coronavirus thing is is about to really affect our lives. Um, But also, like, I mean, we were, like, two weeks away from release, man, and my hype was at an all-time high. Yeah. What what are some that y'all are really upset about? I know you probably already answered the question last week, but I think that's a good topic. I don't remember my answer, but I'll say Tenet, man. Tenet for me is like I'm I'm excited for it because I love Chris Nolan, and then Mm -hmm. I'm excited for John David Washington. Um, yeah, um, I, I really hope it can come out in July. Yeah, because I, I just I feel like, man, he deserves a, a shot. And, you know, obviously everything hinges on box office success. And I just don't think it's going to return the way that it's supposed to. I, I hope they figure out a clever way to do it. You know what? You know what I started thinking about? Like today, I randomly had a thought. Um, and this is just, you know, talking about tenant. I ran, are you guys familiar with the international dateline? Mm hmm. Yes. So I'm not. I'm an idiot. I just kind of like stumbled upon it today, right? Like just oh, We see who didn't question. pay attention during geography. <laughs> you said what? I did, what? Like we see who didn't pay attention during geography. Oh, no. Have no, you no, never, no. you've never like turned on uh, NBC around like nine o'clock to see Dateline on? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I wonder, it, it made me start wondering like if, if Tenet has anything to do with international dateline i don't know it made me wonder that like some somewhere in the plot backwards forwards which day is it which you know like i don't know uh, i mean i watched the episode of pete and pete where they said they were gonna do time travel and all it was was like you know fall back daylight savings time so anything's right. possible friend Any, anything's possible and then they have that scene with the boat and the water and you know anyway I, i'm probably reaching with that but it, it crossed my mind that like you were wrong oh, about the photograph, so like you can be wrong about this. It's fine. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be mad wrong all the time, fam. <laughs> like that's that's just like a microcosm of how wrong I just be in real life all the time. Snowpiercer's <laughs> out in a few days. Oh, the show. Mm-hmm. Is is uh, that a HBO show or AMC? I think it's AMC, right? Don't get me to lie. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure it's, it's AMC. not HBO, but it's definitely yeah. not HBO. Yeah. Okay, well, it's probably like AMC. WGM, maybe I don't. Don't say that, bro. WGN, bro. <laughs> Don't say that. They did the digs like that. Underground either. was on WGN, and it was short-lived but great. Yeah. What is, I wonder what the Snowpiercer show is really going to bring 
that you know adaptation wise that the movie didn't bring like i wonder the same thing about like parasite like why do we need another adaptation yeah i'm gonna be honest man i'm kind of scared about the snowpiercer show bro and like i just don't see how you can really extend i can see how you can extend that story but i don't see how you could do it you know without exhausting the premise you know right Um, the movie felt like the the right pace for that story it was definitely the right delivery method for that yeah like we get the point you know. I worry. I mean, that's why I don't watch a lot of TV shows. You know, you guys watch so many programs, but I, I don't. I feel like there's a lack of storytelling economy in a lot of TV shows, um, and it's just it's the nature of the medium. But it's a, I that's just not really for me. I, I have a hard time really getting into stuff. I like that you know that ninety minutes to two and a half hour window. If you can tell me a whole story within that window, um, you know, I'm totally game for that. That's your train. I, yeah. So I didn't think that the Parasite adaptation was a TV show. I thought it was just an English language version of it. Nah, it's like a limited a series. Show. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't, don't want that. <laughs> no, I don't I mean, either. And, and it's like, isn't it? What isn't it going to be the same movie as Snowpiercer to some degree? Like, isn't it going to be the same show to some degree? With the no, 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 no. I'm talking about Parasite. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Isn't Snowpiercer yeah. and Parasite going to kind of be like the same premise to some degree? Right. No. I mean, Snowpiercer and Parasite are two different movies now. I mean, the point is the same, sure. That's what I'm um, saying. Is the it going to have like the, the same, but the same arc, and it's the same director. Like, is it going to have the same fucking arc? These should. Be I mean, I mean, you watch Snowpiercer think... and then you watch Parasite, and you didn't go fuck. You made the same movie again. No, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but but we're but we're talking about what we're talking about. The subject matter is the same, sure. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm, I'm, of course, it's not going to be the same film, but it's going to be the same arc. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Right. But what I'm saying to you is you watch Snowpiercer and then you watch Parasite and you didn't go, fuck, why did I watch Parasite? I already saw Snowpiercer. So I don't foresee that being a problem. Yeah, They're going to have different audiences, though, in terms of, like, the Nielsen numbers and who's going to be looking at that. They're going to have different you, people who watch, like, you know, Walking Dead and Into the Badlands are the people that are going to be watching Snowpiercer. True. And uh, mm-hmm. Parasite and, being on HBO is going to pull a totally different. Uh, oh, Parasite supposed to be on HBO. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. I thought it was going to be an Amazon thing. Nope, that's HBO. I don't think so. Whoa. Okay. I guess I'm. I don't. I probably wouldn't really want to watch it, but I'm cool with it because I guess what I love about Park Chan Wook and um, Bong Joon Ho is that they were these two South Korean directors that made these great South Korean movies. They came over here and had like a hard time with the Hollywood system and then yeah. went back to South Korea and made like two classic films, like two of my favorite films in the last five years. Mm. So, I mean, if Park Chan, I mean, Bon Joon-ho wants to get a check, then I'm cool with him just getting a check and then going yeah. back to South Korea and making a classic. So, Sure. I agree. If I had to guess, man, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Parasite is going to be a little bit more, there's a little bit more potential for character development there, man. Um Oh yeah, that I mean I, thinking about it from that perspective, I might enjoy the English version of it, provided that they don't like. I feel like he's gonna get to like say all the things he couldn't say in in the amount of time that he previously had. So yeah, sure. Is he yeah. doing? Is he doing the show or is he just? Yeah, he's uh, doing like it. EP he is. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and okay. I guess the only the only difference would be like race isn't an aspect in Parasite, but it it would definitely be an aspect in like an Americanized version of Parasite. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's only really that's only other thing they could go into. I'm curious if he's going to keep the family Asian and um, make the park like the I don't remember the name of the main family, but the park family, if they become like white and then, you know, the 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 family from that lived in the gutter, basically, like if they continue to be Asian. Mm. If he's yeah, there's a lot that. of interesting things you could do subtextually with that. Right. Yeah, if I had to guess, if I had to guess just now, I would say yes, he's going to keep it Asian. Um, I would like for him to keep everybody Asian personally, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just you know what I mean, and just do yeah. more character development and have them speaking English. Right. Um. I you know I'm I'm here for minority representation, like even if even more and more like smaller minorities within the country, because black representation is on an uptick. So you know. I'm not going to say like, yeah, sure, we need more of it, but everyone needs more of their own representation. So right. I'd, I'd love for them to all stay Asian because I agree it does change the meaning of the movie if the people are not the same race. Mm. And I don't know mm. that I give a shit about like white people getting over on each other. We know y'all do that. So <laughs> like, I'm like, all right. Yeah, well, that's what succession is about. We got succession right. already. Like, I would, that would be my response. And that's on HBO as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might, it might be cool to have like an all Asian American cast do it. All right, bet, man. Well, um, it's still Mother's Day, man, and I do have a whole wife, so I do want to. We're gonna watch a little bit of that uh, Tales from the Loop, and then this other show that she's uh, she started watching called uh, um, You're Dead or Dead to Me or something like that. Oh, Dead oh, to Me is Applegate. great. Yeah, Christina Applegate. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Yeah. So we're gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna indulge in that tonight, man. So uh, I'm, I'm interested this. to see how you feel about Tales from the Loop when you're done. Yeah, me too, man. I, like I said, I started watching one episode, fell asleep on it, but I, I, I thought it was interesting. I, the trailer had me sold, so um, keep watching. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, it sounds like I'm not gonna like it now. But, uh, I'll report. I'll report. Um, but uh, you know, thanks, guys, man, for uh, for for spending your Mother's Day. Hopefully, with, uh, thank you microphone. for for having us here. Yeah, this is though. fun, man. Yeah, yeah. Missed yeah, you guys in the studio. You're funny. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to jump on these more, Chandler. I know, like your schedule's a little, you know. It's- oh, it's totally crazy, but I, uh, I think there's, there's definitely time to do this, and uh, but, you know, I also shamelessly plug my other podcast, Act Three. Still yeah. making it, still making it every week. It's gotten very difficult. We're yeah, still man. listening. We're uh, still I, listening, Chandler. I, Thank I, you. I, I gotta say this, man. My whole podcast consumption in general has gone down. Uh, so is mine. Right. You would think that it would have gone up, though, right? Huh. So has mine, but you would think that it would have gone up, but it hasn't. Yeah, I think I used to do so. Time. Exactly. The travel time, me getting ready to go places was like a, a big, you know, when I'm in the shower getting dressed was like a huge podcast time. Now I just don't get ready or shower anymore. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm averaging like one, one every three days these showers. <laughs> My water bill is probably going to be nice and flimsy. So, yeah, that's me. Anyway, um, you can listen to my show uh, at, uh, at act3podcast.com. Yeah, Thanks. Man. I thought it was more complicated. I was, I thought it was a bunch of backslashes. It's just act3podcast.com? Yeah, we got it fixed. It was complicated at one time, but now it's just act3podcast.com. <laughs> nice. Shout out to you, Stephen Wall, man. I, no, 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 no. I, yeah, we got to get him on one of these one of these uh, Zoom calls. Yeah, man. You guys can just huddle up right there in that, uh, in the, well, in, your six feet apart, but yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> How do y'all record now, if you don't mind me asking real quick? Is it the same uh, way? 
Yeah, we're st- we're still in a studio together, but we have a long table, and uh-huh. he sits at the opposite end, and we don't uh-huh. touch the same equipment. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, our dude working at a news station, man. Things are crazy. We have. Right. I'm sure everybody who's listening has their own ways that their life has become vastly different from the way it was before. But and I and I'm super thankful. I still get to come to work, but you know, it has been a challenge to adapt as it has right. uh, for all of us. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, strapping that seatbelt, I don't think it's getting any. I don't think Doesn't it's seem going like it. anywhere anytime soon. So, yeah, Mar- we know Martin's prepared. <laughs> you got Martin has been wearing gloves the entire recording. <laughs> Ralph Northam, the if there's ever a shortage his, of PPE, <laughs> yeah. Martin Carlo Tucker has it all. Ralph Northam, his hands white, so now he feels like he can make the white. <laughs> 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 that was Matt Chandler, by the way. Let me clarify. That was Martin making the white. Oh. He's he just is doing the okay, and I just, yeah, you know, he, he I'm yeah, Tracy, you're gonna have a hard time cutting the audio of Martin's uh, full scale ventilator that he's had running this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Bane. Over I got a, guy. I got a face mask in the mail. No lie. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast of ours will endure. I was, I was about to look at how that make that whole uh what's the um suit dude had on it? Uh contagion. The hazmat suit. Oh yeah, the hazmat junk. Yeah. Nah, nah, um Ewan McGregor. I th- it wasn't oh. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that's not Ewan McGregor. Oh, you talking about the Jude Law suit? The Jude Law suit. Where it's like inflated. Yeah. It's walk around like a moon man. Yeah, he got like a balloon on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny, man. Man, that's what's up, guys. Well, uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I know you're going to be listening to this on not Mother's Day, but uh, post Mother, you know, post Mother Day shout out. Um, uh, for the socials, man, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Kind of Movie Critics. Chandler, you're killing me. You're laughing over here. What's happening? <laughs> Did I miss something? You really struggle with post Mother's Day. <laughs> Yo, I'm terrible, bro. I wish, like, I wish somebody would relieve me of these. Uh, these uh, hosting duties that I have to do here on kind of movie. Nope. So Moderate, moderator. I hate this moderation thing, but it's all good. Life I chose. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook at kind of movie. How do I mute your screen, bro? Like, how does this work? <laughs> Instagram. Chandler's up for people who are not watching because we won't put out video. Chandler's making funny faces on this on this <laughs> Skype call screen and it's killing me. But um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kind of movie critics and on uh Twitter at kinda movie crits C R I T S. We ain't getting much content, but uh, it's still rolling. I still and, owe uh, y'all a playlist. I'm gonna put that up tonight because I'm yeah, super whack. Have, I forgot about it. I feel like somebody asked me about it, and I just had to cover for you. But it's all <laughs> appreciate good. you, fam. Sorry, yeah. whoever that was. I'm do. I'm literally gonna do it as soon as we finish recording. That's what's up, man. So look for new Le- new Leezy content coming soon on the kind of movie critics pages. And uh, remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are. We're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.